When I was 11, my mom introduced me to what she called the family secret. That I came from a long line of witches. So when she gave me these books that told me I could control things, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about why some people get into witchcraft. You might wonder, does anyone still get into this superstitious stuff? Well, did you know interest in witchcraft is on an astronomical rise in the United States? Today, we will have Heather Cook with us who's going to talk about how she got into witchcraft in order to solve past issues she went through growing up. And it led her down a very dark path. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Heather, now it's not every day I can interview someone who was formerly into witchcraft, so I got some questions for you for sure. Now, I understand that the roots of all this started when you were being sexually abused when you were younger by a babysitter. Tell us about that. Well, as a child, I remember being on my own a lot, and I didn't really have very many people to guide me. My home was not Christian. A young woman moved in next door with her family, and she became a mentor of sorts. I loved her. She was my hero. I would have done anything for her. So in my home was pornography. I was able to see that. So when she started doing things to me that I saw in those magazines, I didn't think it was wrong. And when she started taking pictures of me, like the ones in the magazines, I didn't know it was wrong. Oh my gosh, that is horrible. That is super perverse. How old was she? She was actually a teenager herself. Oh my gosh, that is really deceptive. And probably totally under the radar for your parents. I understand she did something even more horrific, like she started inviting men over as well to sexually abuse you. Yes, I do remember men coming to the house and watching as she would take the pictures of me. And eventually it led to some of them participating. Mm -hmm. I don't recall a lot other than they would give me a bowl of ice cream that tasted like medicine. Oh my gosh. It sounds like they were drugging you at this time to be compliant with them, like with who knows what they're doing. I'm assuming yes. Oh, this is seriously traumatic and devastating for this to be occurring to you. Like just a few times or how long did this occur? My babysitter moved away just before I turned nine. So it was likely to happen over a span of four to five years, maybe. Wow. That is not right. Were there any changes in your behavior that you remember at this time in your life that would be evidence that something was going wrong, that you were like kind of acting out? Tell us about that. How I reacted to it, since I didn't know it was wrong, I started reenacting what was happening to me with other children in the neighborhood. Mm. Oh, gosh. That makes sense, though. Since you were younger, you were being taught by your babysitter that this was just, in your mind, normal behavior. Yes. My babysitter made it look like a game. (sighs) I'm so sorry, Heather. This should never happen to any human being. Let me ask you, though, what did this have to do with you getting into witchcraft? Like, I understand your mother revealed to you that witchcraft was like a family thing, and she introduced you to a witchcraft book. Tell us about that. 
When I was 11, my mom introduced me to what she called the family secret, that I came from a long line of witches. And she began giving me books. I was kind of a loner at school already and felt powerless, like I had no control. Because most of my life, I didn't have control of anything, even my own body. So when she gave me these books that told me I could control things, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. Wow. Well, that makes sense because this was a promise of security and control in your life. I get it. However, truly, it's a demonic work. Can you tell us, what was your first experience with the witchcraft? When I was in seventh grade, I had a lot of bullies. One girl, I can remember, I cast a spell using candle magic. My desire was some sort of digestive ailment. Three days later, in gym class, she collapsed from her appendix rupturing. Okay. So that makes sense why you kept on doing it. It must have been like an initial high at first or something like that. So you definitely wanted to keep doing it. Yes. Hmm. How long were you involved in witchcraft? More or less, I was in that world for about 17 years. It wasn't just one book. It started with one book. It was called Practical Candle Magic. I bought more books because I loved to read. I taught myself to read when I was four. Mm. So reading has been my escape. Mm -hmm. So I bought more books and I would just read and read and read and learn more about magic and divination. Mm, Sounds like you fell in love with it. Now, Christians would say that witchcraft invites the presence of the demonic. Did you ever experience anything like that? One thing I can recall for certain, it was late at night and it was just after Halloween. I heard like a growl coming from my hallway. And at first I thought it was my dog. So I went and checked on my dog and my dog was fine. And I lay back down and the growl came back. Only this time it was otherworldly and I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. I was terrified. And I felt so guilty at the time because I left my two-year-old son in the other room. And I was so terrified I couldn't get out of my own bed. Mm. Even though you were terrified, you didn't believe or know about the reality of demons or demonic activity happening around the witchcraft you were doing. Is that correct? As a pagan, I didn't believe in Satan, Mm. but looking back now, I know for 100% certainty that they were demons. Mm. So since you identified yourself at this time as a pagan, what were some of the key marking things you would be experiencing when you got involved with meeting other pagans at covens? Some kill animals, they're trying to stray away from that because a lot of the pagan communities are trying to present themselves as good Mm. and they're trying to, I guess, make their reputation better. But as for when they come together, when I was a pagan, the internet was just being born and it opened a whole new world of connectivity in the pagan community and they were able to create large billboard groups They started having large meetups at different places, and covens grew enormous. The coven that I was aware of and friends with up in Indianapolis had like 60 members. Hmm. What would you say is a key indicator, looking back, that was a confliction in you while you were doing witchcraft back then? Tell us about that. It's like your mind and your heart constantly fight with one another because your heart yearns to know God, but your mind is convinced of something that's false. Hmm. Let's stop there. I want to have you back on our next show to hear how you came out of all this stuff. The covens, the witchcraft, the tarot card reading. Thanks so much for sharing. Thank you for having me. Hold on. We'll be right back after the short break. Hey, everyone. As an evangelist, I'm really into changing people's lives with a powerful message of the cross. Do you know people are getting set free from drugs, addictions, and internal anguish by the power of the Holy Spirit working through our show? 
Will you ask the Holy Spirit if He wants you to partner with us financially? Every donation will help us to reach 1 million more people. Think of it. 30 people giving $100 a month will bring this show in front of 1 million more people. Will you help me to get to one more city in the U.S.? You can give by going to awakenthenations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show, where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? What really stood out to me was the fact that Heather really responded to the need for control of her life. I think that would be quite normal for a person who had their childhood betrayed like hers. I mean, here she is, a young child, complete blank page of information, and is being sexually abused and over-sexualized as a little girl. The pathway the babysitter used in order to abuse her was introducing her to pornography. That seems to be a common theme amongst many of our shows is that pornography is used as a weapon to over-sexualize young kids. You would think maybe kids would just turn away from it and know, but no, kids are trusting. And God made us to be sexual and not so early though. And as you can see, it warped Heather Cook's mind to really need control in her adult life. And so the witchcraft experience that promised was very appealing to her. It promised her control, power. Now, turning to witchcraft for anyone is not a spiritually healthy avenue. Rather, it's very unhealthy. According to the Bible, witchcraft is a form of partnership with darkness, Satan, and his fallen angels, which are demons now. And it's like hiring spiritual power that has chains attached. You know, some people say the gift has strings attached. Well, this has chains attached. This is why the Bible clearly warns us of not engaging into witchcraft. And it makes someone very spiritually unclean. In Leviticus 19.31, it's written, Give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Now, don't be mistaken. Witchcraft and all those types of things will defile you spiritually and make you unclean or dark from within. But look closely at why people get into this stuff. For Heather, it was this theme of seeking more power and control And why? Because she was betrayed as a young girl. I can understand how the trauma from her past left her wanting that. I know for me, when I was younger, how I responded to any trauma that I went through for me, myself, or other people, was that I became a person who found comfort in knowing that I was in control. And subconsciously, I believed that if I was in control, that nothing bad could happen to me. Can anyone else relate to that subtle thought? But is that a true thought? If we're more in control of our own lives, can we really stop bad things from happening to us? I don't think so. It isn't even logical. Let me explain. A response to trauma could be that we may try to control things or people around us, but we only have so much power because we are, in the end, frail human beings. We're not God. And the truth is, though, that there is one, if we give our lives to Him, who does have the power to protect and stop bad things from happening. For Heather, she chose to trust into the powers of darkness, which you will hear a little later how it turns out. But we can also turn to the Lord God of heaven, who will not force his protection on you, but rather if you yield to him, he will extend his protection to you. 
It is written in ancient scriptures where David, son of Jesse, in his time of trial, where someone was seeking to kill him, prayed this prayer in Psalms 57.1. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. As you can see, David, son of Jesse, was pleading for protection in the Lord. And that protection was granted as instead of being a moment of death for David, it became a moment where he had the upper hand to strike his enemy, but he didn't. Imagine, by turning to God, it doesn't mean that trials and problems won't come. It just means that the Lord will shield you and protect you willingly as you are willing. I discovered this in my life. And if you're someone who's into witchcraft for reasons of protection, let's repent. Let's turn away from those things. Let's turn to the one who has the true power to protect you and who truly loves you. Lord Jesus, we turn to you, Lord God. And I'm praying for the person who is really doubting or thinking that, gosh, you know, I need more control. I need more power in my life because I need to stop from bad things ever happening again. But instead, Lord God, let us take this moment to realize we can't do that. And instead, we take this moment to trust you and give our lives to you. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.